welcome to today's On This Day in Tudor History with me, Claire Ridgway, author of several Tudor history books. Today, I'm taking you back to the reign of Queen Elizabeth I. For On This Day in Tudor History, the 27th of October, 1561, Mary Herbert, née Sidney, Countess of Pembroke, writer and literary patron, was born at Tickenhall near Bewdley in Worcestershire. She was the third daughter of Sir Henry Sidney and his wife Mary Dudley, Mary Dudley being the daughter of John Dudley, Duke of Northumberland. And this Mary was the sister of the poets Sir Philip Sidney and Robert Sidney, Earl of Leicester. Mary's parents were loyal servants of the crown. Edward VI had died in Mary's father's arms and Mary's mother had nursed Elizabeth I through smallpox and been badly disfigured as a result of contracting the disease herself. Mary was also the niece of Robert Dudley, Earl of Leicester, Elizabeth I's favourite, and the niece of Ambrose Dudley, Earl of Warwick. Mary was educated to a high level, and she was fluent in French, Italian and Latin. She made her debut at court in 1575, at the age of 13, and she was present at Kenilworth Castle when her uncle, the Earl of Leicester, played host to the Queen between the 9th and 27th of July, 1575. It was Leicester who arranged Mary's marriage to Henry Herbert, 2nd Earl of Pembroke. The couple married on the 21st of April, 1577. Pembroke was over 20 years older than Mary and had lost his second wife in May 1576 and was childless. Mary and Pembroke had at least four children. William Herbert, 3rd Earl of Pembroke, Catherine, Anne and Philip Herbert, 1st Earl of Montgomery and 4th Earl of Pembroke. Mary's biographer, Margaret Patterson Hannay, states that Mary also had at least one stillbirth or a child who died in infancy. The Pembrokes divided their time between their estate at Wilton near Salisbury and Baynard's Castle in London. Mary's brother, the famous poet Sir Philip Sidney, wrote the 1593 The Countess of Pembroke's Arcadia at Wilton. And Margaret Patterson Hannay writes that Sidney seems to have entrusted several of his manuscripts to his sister, including those of certain sonnets, Astrophil and Stella, and The Lady of May, which he later had printed in the 1598 edition of the Arcadia, which served almost as Sidney's collected secular works. Philip and Mary were obviously very close. In 1586, Mary lost her parents and Philip and spent two years in mourning at Wilton, returning to London in November 1588 for the celebrations for Accession Day and the victory over the Spanish Armada. Patterson Hannay writes that Mary Herbert honoured her brother's memory by serving as a literary patron to those who honoured him by supervising the 1593 and 1598 editions of his Arcadia, by translating works that he would have approved by completing the metric paraphrase of the Psalms that he'd begun and by writing poems to praise him. These efforts on his behalf also permitted her to achieve a literary career herself despite cultural injunctions to female silence. 
Mary acted as patron to a number of poets, supported by her husband Pembroke, and was the first non-royal woman in England to receive a significant number of dedications. Her family wrote poetry, as did members of her household. Mary was also known for her support of religious education and for her beauty. Mary's known works include her Psalms, 18 manuscripts of which still survive today, her poems to the angel spirit of the most excellent Sir Philip Sidney and even now that care, two translations from French, first A Discourse of Life and Death, originally by Philippe de Mornay, and then Antonius, originally by Robert Garnier, written in 1590 and published together in 1592. Then there's a dialogue between two shepherds, Theno and Pierce, in praise of Astria, a pastoral dialogue in praise of the Queen, written in 1599 and published in 1602. Then the elegy for Philip Sidney, a doleful lay of Clorinda. Then a translation of Petrarch's Triomfo della Morte. Then in 2010, June and Paul Schluter discovered five unpublished poems by Mary in a manuscript of English poems in a library in Castle in Germany. These included The Countess of Pembroke's Mediation and Sonnet, Of the Riverbanks Between Mezier and Liege, and Upon the Death of the Countess of Rutland, Daughter to Sir Philip Sidney. So lots and lots of works. Mary's husband died in January 1601, and although he left her well provided for, his death did lead to a reduction in her literary patronage. However, Mary did live life to the full. Patterson Hannay describes how she subsequently helped to arrange the marriages of her children, continued her literary patronage on a much reduced scale, travelled on the continent, brought lawsuits against jewel thieves, pirates and murderers, and built a country home, Houghton House in Bedfordshire. And King James visited her there in July 1621. And she conducted a literary salon, wrote, danced, played cards, took tobacco, shot pistols and carried on a flirtation with her handsome and learned doctor, Matthew Lister. Wow, one busy lady. We also know from her correspondence that she continued writing, although those later works have not survived. Mary died of smallpox on the 25th of September 1621 at her London residence in Aldersgate Street. She was 59 years of age. She was laid to rest next to her husband at Salisbury Cathedral, following a lavish funeral at St Paul's Cathedral. Her epitaph reads, Underneath this sable hearse lies the subject of all verse, Sydney's sister, Pembroke's mother, death ere thou hast slain another, fair and learned and good as she, time shall throw a dart at thee. Patterson Hannay writes of how Mary is no longer in her brother Philip Sidney's shadow and that she is currently recognised as one of the first significant women writers in English. Brilliant. She was praised by John Donne and her work was either praised or borrowed from by famous writers including Gabriel Harvey, William Shakespeare, Edmund Spencer and Mary Roth. She deserves to be remembered and her works read. A bit of trivia for you now. The Mary Sidney Society 
puts forward the idea that Mary wrote the works attributed to William Shakespeare. Tomorrow, I'll be sharing with you a rather angry and rather rude letter written by Ivan the Terrible to our very own Queen Elizabeth I. Do make sure that you're subscribed to this channel by clicking there and that you've hit the bell as well so that you don't miss out on that talk. Also on this day in Tudor history, Sunday the 27th of October 1532, Anne Boleyn, Marquess of Pembroke, made a dramatic entrance to the great banquet held by King Henry VIII in Calais in honour of King Francis I of France. In last year's video, I shared details from contemporary sources regarding the banquet and the mask that followed. Anne Boleyn definitely knew how to make an entrance and the English ladies must have looked spectacular. You'll recognise some of the names of the ladies and those present in Calais. So do check out that. You'll find that link in the description. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can enjoy podcasts on a daily basis. Thank you.